Welcome to Keeping It Real Estate with your hosts, Justin and Brandy from Team Grande at Remax Escarpment. Today we're talking mortgages with Davis Carroll from Mission 35. We're diving deep into B lending, refinancing, and private lending. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're joining us from YouTube, hit the little notification bell so you don't miss an episode again. So yeah, today we're joined by our special guest, Davis Carroll from Mission 35, like Brandy said. Uh, Davis has been a mortgage agent for quite a while now. He's also an investor uh, that I myself have used for qualifications for investing, for getting sometimes creative with the financing. Uh, he really knows all the, the how to maneuver things to make sure that you get what you need. Uh, one fun fact about Davis, <laughs> he was born in Toronto. I didn't know this. I've known him for years now, born in Toronto, but raised in Hamilton. So I guess he's really a Hamilton boy. I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> but Davis, anyways, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so we want to talk a little bit uh, about B-Lending because I know it's something that's very popular right now and not a lot of people are talking about that as an option because I know a lot of people go to their banks. They don't really know that B-Lending exists. So I guess, can you just give, uh, give me an example of you know, what an A-Lender and B-Lender, what they are and what the differences are? Sure, sure. So your A, your a lender, you know, that's the, the typical bank, right? Your big five bank where you're able to go in, have the conversation directly with the bank. And if you have good credit, good down payment, employment, everything like that, you know, you're, you're going to end up with the bank typically. Okay. Mm -hmm. So where you don't end up with the bank is if you have issues with credit in the past where your bank might flat out decline you, um, which is a, of course an issue, but people don't realize that you do have other options out mm -hmm. there. The big difference with A lenders and B lenders is with B lenders, you have to have 20% down payment to be able mm -hmm. to qualify with these B lenders. So with banks, you're, of course, as first-time buyers, when you're buying a principal residence for you, you or your family to move into, you can put 5%, 10% down payment, but you're not going to be able to do that with a B lender. Okay, okay. So that, that's a big difference. So B lenders, we can have bruised credit where you, know, you might have had credit issues in the past, you're working through those, you're still able to buy a house with these B lenders. The rates could be a little bit higher with some additional cost to set up the mortgage initially, but it gets you that home and, and you know, really bridges the gap between home ownership and, and of course bringing you back with the bank afterwards. Okay, so you have to have 20% down for a B yeah, lender. Yeah, you have to have 20%. Okay. And uh, if you're buying rentals or anything like that, it can be 20, 25, 30% down with the, uh, with the B lenders. Okay. I don't know, yeah. as I'm finding out, yeah. <laughs> as we're yeah. going through this right now. But uh, So what kind of people would benefit from a B lender then? Yeah, good question. So a lot of self-employed people use B lenders, uh, typically because you know, if you're business for self and you're you know, getting any cash or anything like that, you might not necessarily be declaring as much personally with your accountant as your business is generating, um, you know, through your day-to-day -day employment of, of other people and stuff like that. Sorry, I stumbled a bit there. <laughs> That's all right. We stumble all the time. <laughs> so when you're business for self, you might have cash where you're depositing it directly. And when you're working with your accountants, you're not necessarily reporting all your income, right? Yeah. So our B lenders will look at, you know, your gross business deposits that are going into your bank accounts and use that as your income, which doesn't necessarily line up with what you're personal taxes report, right? Okay, so it's good for like our servers, our contractors, those people who totally. aren't, don't have a net income on a pay stub. Exactly, exactly. So when your employment isn't necessarily cookie, cookie cutter, we can go to our B lenders. They're really familiar with those types of jobs and, and employment. They'll work with us to be able to help you qualify for more than you might be, with, be able to with the bank. Okay, good, makes sense. Okay. 
Okay, and so uh, just rolling off of that, how do B rates compare to the A right now? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and right now the B rates and the bank rates are actually really similar. So it's a great time to be able to look at a B lender, maybe qualify for that extra rental property uh, or something like that and get into the market and, and use that B lender. Mm -hmm. And one thing I know you mentioned to me yesterday when we were talking about it was how uh, with a B lender you have to go fixed on it. There's no option to go yeah, some of them or? some of them will only have, you know, one or two year fixed rates available, whereas, you know, with the bank, you for sure have the choice variable rate versus fixed rate. A lot of the B lenders do look for one or two year fixed rates. So that can be a, a positive or a negative depending on, on your situation. What's right? the reason for that? Um, I mean they're they're shorter terms typically, okay. right? If you're looking at a one year B term, um, if someone's flipping a house mm -hmm. and you do a one-year term and you sell it after three months and, oh, okay. and break that mortgage, there's really not a lot of money in it for that lender, right? right? Mm -hmm. To set up the mortgage, you're getting your money out there to, for the person to buy the home. And if they sell it in two, three months, the bank's not making a lot of money off it, right? Makes sense. So if they're able to charge a bigger penalty on, on the fixed rate, something like that, but there's you know, lots of reasons why they might, uh, might only do a fixed. Gotcha. Uh, and then after that, is there a downside to using this B over an A? One of the biggest negatives is, is the lender fee that you have when you're, when you're working with B lenders. A lot of them have a 1% lender fee um, when you set up the mortgage. So that's a cost to the buyer or to the borrower. Okay. Um, so that's one of the negatives, I'd say, that mm -hmm. a lot of people... Is the 1% on the purchase price or on the mortgage amount? On the mortgage amount. Mortgage amount. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, that's something, like I say, you don't expect to pay when you're going through a bank. You don't have these lender fees. Right. But they get introduced in Bs, but right. I mean, sometimes it's worth it if you can't get qualified. And the difference is that 1% to get it or not get it. Yeah, I for think sure. that that's a huge difference. And I know... If, that's, if it's the difference of you getting a mortgage or not. Right. Yeah, and then even one situation, like we're going through right now, is I'm trying to get another property. And uh, one of the biggest issues was I incorporated last year. So because I incorporated a year ago, in the past when I was just an independent contractor working for myself, that you guys always use my two years income. Mm -hmm. Now that I've incorporated, you know, the banks still want that two years income, but through the B lender, I'm able to get, I guess you guys are able to maneuver that a bit more. Like you yeah. said, it, when your financing is a bit different or the income right. is a bit different right. to make it happen. So, yeah. I mean, even me personally, when he was telling me about it, I'm thinking the rate is the same as it is with a major bank. Why not? Exactly. I mean, it's... Uh, lock in for a couple of years, get the property. And then you always have the option down there, well, I don't know if you always do, but do you always have the option down the road to maybe transition that into an A lender mortgage or no? Yeah, yeah, so one of the benefits to the shorter one or two year terms is that we can kind of position your next year or two for your personal taxes to bring you over with the bank. Mm -hmm. But depending on your financial situation, if it doesn't make sense for you to be declaring a lot of income to qualify with a bank, the B rates and spaces is a good option for yeah. sure. Nice. Yeah, I like that. And then one other thing that we, we've dealt with in the past, me and you, that I guess not a lot of people are aware of how to do or what it is, and that is refinancing your existing home. So what exactly is refinancing? Like, explain it to me. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so refinancing, if you have an existing mortgage and you refinance that mortgage, you're basically breaking the mortgage or adding money to it, something like that. So you're, you're taking your existing mortgage and you're changing it, essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you could do that for a number of reasons and you might want to do that for a number of reasons. People with, you know, credit card debt or, or other high interest debt, that cost them more monthly, a lot of people will refinance their mortgage and consolidate 
that mm -hmm. debt into that mortgage payment. Makes so you're sense. essentially adding money to your mortgage to pay out some of the higher interest debts, which is going to give you a, the ability to have you know, better month-to-month -month income and spending. You're able to manage things a little bit better. Um, so that's one reason why people will refinance. Another one, investors, you know, refinancing is a big thing because when you pay for renovations or, or you're looking to buy next property, if you're able to take money out of your home, add to your mortgage, and buy, next, buy the next property, you know, it's a no-brainer for, for people looking to do that. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and that's, uh, it's, uh, the credit card thing especially is one thing that I think a lot of people don't consider is you have all these high-interest loans uh, that, you know, 20%, 18%, whatever it is, but mm -hmm. you consolidate it into a lower interest rate, why not? Right. It makes your monthly bills a bit easier. For sure. Yeah. So that's a great point. Yeah, uh, off of that, what, uh, so refinancing has a stigma. Um, how do you use re refinancing to your advantage? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question and people are nervous to ask about refinancing. Um, and oftentimes it's because they're worried about their other worried debts. Worried about their debt, right? Exactly, so it's a bit of a touchy subject for people. And, uh, that, but it's important to work with a professional, get you in a, in a better spot. Uh, I think that's why refinancing has the stigma to it. But as we were mentioning for investors, refinancing is, is a great tool. Um, and the example we were using is how much it'll cost you to be adding money to your mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. and we were looking at about $150,000 can cost you about 600 bucks a month in your mortgage payment, mm -hmm. right? But what you're able to do with that 150,000, if for example, you were buying a property a year or two ago, that 150K used as a down payment to purchase a rental, well, that rental property has now gone up, you know, 26% you know, year. year over year, right? Yeah. So the additional $600 a month, you know, about seven or 8,000, it costs you for the whole year to, to carry that additional debt. You can now buy another property, it's up 26%, and, and looking back at that, it would be a no-brainer. Yeah, right? and yeah. If, if you're just wondering where that 26% comes from, it's just the growth of how houses have grown just this past year. Yeah, the average, the average sale price in Hamilton from January to December last year was that 26%, which is, when you think about it, I'd say, you know, 600,000, say you pulled that 120,000 out, like you said, cost you $600 a month in mortgage, so, yeah, you're, you're paying an extra 600 uh, a, a month, but yep. you're gaining that 150K over a year. I mean, if somebody told me, hey, put $600 into this account every month and yeah. uh, we'll give you 150 at the end of the year, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even sound, for you sure. Know. But obviously, with that said, like, I mean, refinancing is not for everybody. Like, what, what are, what's the, the disadvantage of refinancing? Like, what can be sort of a negative of doing it. Sure, I think one of the big things when you refinance, depending on how you do it, if you're paying out an existing mortgage, you're, you're breaking the, the in initial mortgage mm -hmm. that you have, there's often a penalty mm -hmm. to do that. So that can be a cost, and depending on if your uh, rate was fixed or variable, the cost can be pretty significant mm -hmm. on the fixed side of things. So it's not always a, a slam dunk to, to do that, but depending on your situation, that's where we, we sit down, we, we go through things, assess your situation and see if it makes sense. And of course, for people that would have taken that equity out and bought a house in the last couple of years, that the pros would, would certainly outweigh the cons, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, so is there an entirely new mortgage here that's added on top of your current mortgage? Is that how it works? For, for refinancing? Yeah. You, you can do that. You can add a, a home equity line of credit where basically you leave your existing mortgage uh, and it's you know where it was before with your same payments and rate and everything like that, and you qualify for a home equity line as a as a second component, 
okay? You can then pull money from that credit line and have its own payments. So you don't always have to break it, but depending on your situation, you know, back to B lending, if you're refinancing to go with the bank, you are gonna be paying out that, that full mortgage, right? Yeah. And setting up a new one versus mm -hmm. having the, the credit line. Okay, so you can go credit line or you can refinance. Yeah, That's kind well, of the two yeah, they're both refinancing, but you can either do, you know, where you're paying out the mortgage, adding to it, now you have one new mortgage, or you can keep that existing mortgage at the credit line, right? So there's a, there's a few different ways you can you yeah. can go about it. Yeah, because that's one thing we're looking at doing now too. I know again with our conversation, the next property I'm trying to get. So my first property, I actually did a refinance of one of my properties, took the money out of there for the whole down payment to just help me organize all this for the whole down payment to purchase the investment property. So my monthly mortgage on my initial property went up, but the income from the investment property is not only paying the mortgage of the investment property, it's paying a large chunk of my primary one. So I actually am spending less per month. I'm making money just off of the refinance. So you can get very creative with it. And then the next thing that we're looking at is that home equity line of credit, like Davis talked about, because I wanna go B, we gotta put 25% down, I can't come up with all that, but now I can put a HELOC, home equity line of credit on the, I guess we'll do it on the best one of the properties for the remainder of the down payment and then bring that to the B lender to get, boom, now another property. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of maneuvering and learning that you can do and it's just about knowing somebody that knows how to do it like Davis because I know you've done a lot of this stuff yourself. For sure, So yeah. I, th know. I think the biggest thing about this is don't be afraid to talk to someone. Um, Definitely. You never know all your full options and get, get just get in front of someone who has the knowledge. and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be confusing and, and, you know, the banks don't necessarily make it easy for, for people when you walk in and yeah. especially if you're getting declined or not really hearing what you want to hear, you know, that can be discouraging, right? Yeah. But if you're able to have options and, and, you know, have a conversation that's productive with someone and at least have an idea of the direction you, you have to be in or, or you want to be in, mm -hmm. then, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's just about making a plan to get there, right? Yeah. Okay. And then I guess if we've been saving up, say we've been saving our money but uh, we don't want to pull any equity, do any of that stuff. Like say we want to go into the private lending route. I think a lot of people don't know that this uh, really exists is the mm -hmm. private lending route, right? Yeah, so how do you go about becoming a private lender? Um, yeah, I mean, a, a private lender really could be anyone that has you know, some money saved up that you know, essentially want to invest in real estate but not necessarily buying a house, mm -hmm. right? Because as a private lender, you're essentially the bank where you hold a mortgage on someone's house, right? You give them the money, you, you add the mortgage to the home, and now you are owed that money on the home, essentially. Mm -hmm. So they'll make payments to you. As a private lender, it's typically interest-only payments. So there's pros and cons for, for both the borrower and the, the lender for you know having interest-only payments. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, anyone could be a private lender. So if you had 50 or $100,000, know, the, the estimate is about 10% that your return would be. Okay. So that's, you know, on 50,000, 5,000 yeah. for the year, or for 100,000, 10,000 for the year. And uh, that's an interest only that, that you're making. And then they still owe you, of course, that 50 that's or 100,000 that yeah. you I think that that's more than sitting in an e-savings account, right? So, so oh, yeah. how, what's the minimum that you need to have in order to be Best a private probably. lender? To be a private lender, yeah. I mean, there's no minimum to be exact. But is there like a number that makes sense? Yeah, depending on what you're looking to do and depending on how much you have saved, right? If you, if you, if you want to do a second mortgage, that's typically with smaller 
amounts that you lend out, you know, twenty, fifty thousand, okay. uh, up to a hundred thousand really could could be a second mortgage, um, where someone might just want quick money for renovations, for mm -hmm. an investment property or something. And as the private lender, as a second mortgage, you, you could be earning more than your, you know, eight, ten percent. It could be twelve, fifteen percent, and uh, so that's an appealing return. Yeah, people, I think I think this um, becomes beneficial to people when they don't have enough for a down payment quite yet, but uh, they want to make a return on their money still instead of just sitting in a bank account. They don't don't know anything about stocks. This is a really great way to grow your money a little bit quicker for your down payment. Yeah, and especially you know if if you guys have clients that are looking to invest but aren't quite you know ready to purchase. And, and they want to make some money, like you said, if you guys understand and, and are working with someone like myself who's able to position a client with a pretty low risk uh, second mortgage or yeah. first mortgage privately, then they're, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable about their investment as well and, mm -hmm. uh, and make a good return on it, for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, so if I were to lend money out privately, like how long is it out there for? Can I take it back any time? Is it, how does that work? Or am I locked in for a certain time period? So it's a good question. You, you would certainly uh, outline in, in a contract with you know, the person borrowing the money and the person lending the money, what the terms of the contract are, right? How long um, you know, the intended money is to, to be registered on the house for, uh, what the interest rate is, what the payments are, you know, interest only, stuff like that. That's all outlined explicitly in, in the contract and both parties sign it. Um, so depending on what the intent of the money is, you could have a three, six month, one year term for the money, um, you know, depending on what you're looking to use it for. Is right? there a standard term, a typical amount of time? It depends on what it's being used for. Okay. Yeah. But maybe a six month or a one year, you know, okay. one year, again, depending on what you're doing, but yeah. six months and uh, yeah, something like that would, would be normal for sure. Nice. Okay. So I guess we already kind of touched on what kind of return we'd expect from private lending. So essentially you're saying on 50K, like generally about 10%, right? So yeah. 5K a year. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also know you collect a fee up front too, right? For it. So say you put the 50,000 out. Right. You get, but I guess you decide, you decide your terms on it. Well, yeah, and we work with the, with the investor, the lender, and, and see you know, how much they're looking to generate and, and uh, what their risk tolerance is, right? What kind mm -hmm. of investment they're looking to make. And that will kind of determine what you're able to charge. Of course, right? yeah, if it's something riskier, then you want a higher interest rate. Exactly, yeah, you can charge more depending on the risk. And uh, you know, that's stuff that we, of course, work out with the, the investors and, and the borrowers. Um, as to what they're they're looking to do just to put that together so you're kind of like the middleman someone would come to you and say I have money to lend and then someone would come to you on the other side as well saying I need a B lender you're kind of bridge no. the gap between the two for yeah for, well, for, for both for yeah. both and for yeah, private. B and private right yeah. same mm -hmm. thing you know for any mortgage we're really working with the borrower of the, of the money as well as the bank or the lender in, in any of these cases. Okay, right? great. So we're working with both parties, making sure everything is, is working smoothly and you know taking the stress off of the, the clients. Yeah. yeah. And then the one question I get asked all the time, should I put more than 20% down? That's yes a good no. question. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Do I do it or do I not do it? It's a good question. I mean, a lot, a lot of people don't have the option to put 20% down, right? But for sure, I think if you have the ability to, 20% you know, down has a lot of benefits to it. And then if say I got more than 20, should I put it all down? Should I put 20 down? Should I take that money and use it for something else? Like what, what do you think? So yeah, for, for you know, it's gonna lower your monthly payment, right? The more 
you put down, the lower your mortgage is and, and the lower your payment's gonna be. But if you wanna you know, purchase a property and continue purchasing property and you have a significant amount saved, it can often make sense to put down you know, only 20 or 25% and then save some money to put as a down payment on another property. One, yeah. Right, it's so just like we were talking about before with refinancing to, to take that money out. If someone's in the position to put multiple down payments on multiple properties, it can be a great, mm -hmm. uh, great way to, you know, invest. Definitely, and I think that's one thing that everybody, I mean, if you own a house and you wanna get into investing, the amount of equity that you've built in the last few years just from these increases, you have so much in there that you could pull out a down payment for another property that will generate income to pay for that property and pay for yours. Mm -hmm. These are a lot of things that people don't know, um, but I mean, I've done it myself, Davis has helped me with it, you know, we're all very experienced with this, so if you guys have questions about this, feel free to reach out. Uh, I appreciate everybody joining us. And Davis, thanks so much for joining us. Thank My pleasure. So it's always good hanging out with you. My pleasure. And uh, again, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that bell. Uh, but thanks again for joining us. And we'll talk to you again next week. See you later, guys.